Welcome to Ascend and Transcend. I'm your coach, Elizabeth, and today's guest is author Trish Michael. She's got this fabulous book called Find Your Happy, and we're going to talk about how, you know, looking for happiness is really an inside job and how it can be really empowering to embrace all sorts of life's messiness and ensure that you and your children are all looking inside for happiness, not from external validation. She's great. She distills all of this wonderful insights. She's overcome a ton in her life. We get into all of that in the show, but she talks in ways where we can explain it to our children, right? She makes it really palatable for kids with all sorts of fun rhymes and comforting cadence to make all of these hard to swallow truths easy to digest for children. Trish, it's so wonderful to have you on the show today. Um, We had a little pre-chat before we hopped on, and we thought it would be really great to talk about, you know, children dealing with trauma and some outlets for them, experience that you have with it. Some of your, you've survived quite a bit. Um, You're also a mother of children, one being a 12-year-old girl. My daughters are seven and nine. And I feel like the last couple of years have definitely stirred up some additional anxiety and fear with them. So thank you so much for being here to share your wisdom and talk a little bit about your new book to find your happy. Can you just walk our listeners through what the inspiration for writing find your happy was? So that was actually inspired by my oldest daughter, who is now in her 20s. But when she was in her preteen and teen years, she was difficult. (laughs) We love difficult. Tell us more about that. How so? Yeah. It was really challenging and and I have two other children now and I am realizing I think that she broke me in and I think I'm doing a much better job with the other two. But it was just a lot of unknowns, a lot of behavior that I didn't understand. It was my first time having a teenager and it was complicated by um, some other things in, in my life. I was in a very abusive relationship. She was learning the wrong things and so she was acting out in ways that were not healthy for her, were not healthy for me we're not healthy for our other kids. And I was in a very desperate place and pretty broken. And that's when this writing just kind of came through. Wow. So do you feel like this was kind of therapeutic then for you to write this and maybe worst case scenario if something ever happened or things went sideways, she'd have this to refer to? Well, I'm realizing I did actually give her a copy of it. She's still not in a great place, unfortunately. But what I have found from the writing of this book is that it was helpful for me in my own journey so that I can be a better role model for what it is that I want for my kids. Mm -hmm. I think the missing link with, with my book at the time that I wrote it was it wasn't focused on being happy Mm -hmm. because I wasn't, I, I hadn't found my own happiness within myself. And so it's really quite difficult to tell your child, you need to do things that will make you happy if they're watching you do something not in alignment with that. So right, that's the thing. That's the cat. Yeah, so many moms. Yeah. and we're all guilty of it, right? It's so funny. The other night, my husband and I were like sitting on the couch watching a show and I like, you know, had taken the remote away from my kids and I'm like, no more screen time. And then I like realize, you know, our lazy asses are sitting here on the couch watching a show and I'm in there telling them not. And so I had to, I had to turn it off and I'm like, all right, we're going to have like, you know, craft time or whatever. Not like I wanted to do any part of that. I wanted to veg out, but you're right, Trish. I mean, they are watching. It is monkey see monkey do. And 
especially with something as important as finding your happiness and knowing that it can only come from within yourself is a huge teaching. Yeah. And so I tried to not put too much weight on the fact that the book itself hasn't necessarily impacted the person that it was written for. I think it was more a channel to help other people, myself included. Um, And I do think perhaps one day she'll come around and, and hopefully be aligned with what makes her happy and make decisions that are in line with that. But until then, she's having a big impact on on people without even knowing it with this this writing in this book, which does seem to be reaching kids, teenagers and parents alike in a pretty deep way. I mean, I love a part where you talk about having accountability, right? And not blaming others. Yeah. And I think that, that that can be kind of like a high level concept for kids. But at the same time, it's very basic. And I think that was a part I was like, let's make sure we reread that, you know, a couple of times for them. <laughs> and now, it, I mean, it really has. It sparked this conversation when my older daughter, Delilah, wants to point the finger at Vivian, her younger sister, and be like, you made me feel this way. And we immediately correct that. And we say, somebody can't make you feel any way. You know, you have to own your feelings as this is how I feel. But nobody can force an emotion on you. And I thought that was awesome how your book really drove that home. Right. And I think that that really comes from, we have some complicated issues that we're dealing with in our lives with my my ex-husband is abusive and he still has access to my other kids. And so that's really important for them to understand that their feelings are valid, but you cannot change what someone else is doing, saying, and in their case, they can't even change where they are. So it's where, what can you do? If you feel this way, what can you do to feel better right now? And so it really is owning how you feel, owning how you respond to the things that happen to you. And when when you do that, you're in a place of power. And that's really, I think, the the gist of the book is if if you own the fact that you can be happy, you will find it. Well, and that's that's such an important concept and uh, message to reinforce to adults too. I think that a lot of times, especially right now, it's you know everything is happening to me, and right, right now there's a lack of control. People feel really um, disempowered. But to your point, I mean, this is something I try to drive home with clients as well as my kids. Is that is giving the power away once you start blaming somebody for something or you know trying to find an excuse out of how you're feeling. That is 100% giving them credit, right? Giving them that power. Right to have over you. So I love that. It It's totally empowering to say, I feel this way. Or you could say, you know what? I fucked up with something. I'm sorry that happened, right. but I own it. I did it. You didn't do anything to me and be able to move on from there, right? And now I can do something different. Right. I have that choice. I have that power. I made this mistake, but now I, I understand the impact that that has on me and I understand the impact that it has on others. And so as I step forward, I can make my decisions differently. Mm. And that was really the big hope for, that is the big hope I think for all teenagers. It's all, it's all about like learning natural consequences and right. um, not liking them. And, but it's like, at some point you have to own, well, you are doing the same thing over and over again. Right you're not going to get a different result. (laughs) I would love to just kind of hover here too on the teen and tween. You have a 16-year-old child and a 12-year-old child. Delilah is, you know, almost 10, but I feel like she's going on 15. And, you know, even last night, 
she said something and she's been saying the last couple of nights, she's just having all these emotions and she doesn't know why they're coming. And I feel lonely, but I don't know why. Or, you know, she's also mm-hmm. starting to like dislike parts of her body, which I swear to God is every mom's nightmare, right? Of like, why is my butt big or why is this? And it's like, oh my God, no, this is way too early. So gonna, you're the resident expert. If you have a 26-year-old, a 16 and 12-year-old, you definitely have some wisdom to share. So when you feel like your kids have misplaced emotions or are just being really resistant to life as it is right now, what are the some of the things that you've done that you feel like has been able to kind of get through to them? That is a great question. And I don't think we really know that we've gotten through to them until they're older. Mm -hmm. And that's the, I think the challenge in parenting is all of the things that we do. It's like, we'll hear from other parents, oh, your kids are so polite. (laughs) And then when they're at our house, it's like, where, what, huh? Right. So that's kind of the challenge with, with parenting is you, you don't really see the results unless someone else tells you or when they're older, they finally come around and you just have this like moment of, oh, okay, so it wasn't all a waste. Right. So really my encouragement to parents is to focus on making sure that the things that we're telling our kids, like we don't want our kids to hate their bodies. We need to be taking time to love our own. Take the time to be what it is that you want for your kids. That is what is going to have the biggest impact for them because we can say whatever we want to say until we're blue in the face. And it may get through. It may. We won't know until later. But I think really for me, my power has been in being the best example. So my 12-year-old also is struggling with body image issues, which is a very sore spot for me. So I have to be careful when I'm dealing with her that I'm not projecting my own issues onto her. And I'm just listening to her where she is knowing that her feelings are valid, understanding that no matter if it's social media screens or just other preteen girls, it's a tough space to be in right now. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's okay to like, look at your body and not feel good about it. I mean, hormones make that happen, Mm -hmm. whether we want it to happen or not. But if they have a good example of someone who is putting healthy food in their body and when they walk by the mirror, isn't making some kind of negative comment. I'm saying this because I'm guilty of these things. (laughs) I'm cringing because I do it too. So really just focusing on our own influence on ourselves is going to have a huge impact on our kids. And so that would be, that would be my suggestion. That's not what any of the moms that are listening want to hear. Um, but you're so right. I I feel that too. I've got I've got enough body image things, you know, to last the, the the rest of time. And my mother had them as well. My sister had them. Like it was. I, I don't know about you. I grew up in you know the 80s and 90s, and it was diet cokes and green apples. You know, it was like that was all we had in our house. And then you know, every once in a while, we would just go get like Dairy Queen for dinner. And that was it. And because we couldn't eat a meal and that, you know, it was like, it was just very bingy, restricty. And it's so hard as a parent now. I mean, that is my biggest fear is I'm going to somehow F them up with their bodies. And so we really do try, you know, vegan as much as possible, very clean. And, but at the same time, like yesterday, I saw Vivian go into the pantry and she had these little jelly beans left over from Easter. 
and she came out and you know, when they have that look on their face, like, don't look at me cause I'm stealing something. <laughs> yep. um, she had a jelly bean <laughs> in her hand and she was just clutching it. And I was like, baby girl, don't sneak. Like all you have as many as you want. It's food isn't bad, but she, her eyes were wide. Like she was going to be in trouble because it was, you know, a disgusting, you know, chocked full of like dyes and stuff, uh, jelly bean. Right. But it was this moment of right. like, oh shit. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. What am I doing? Because yeah. now they're sneaking and that's bad, you know? So I feel like there's landmines everywhere. Yeah, there really are. Yeah. <laughs> and and it doesn't matter how clean you eat. As you get older, your your metabolism slows down. Then you gotta, it's always like this battle. So really just trying to find yourself in a moment of acceptance and being like, you know what? I'm going to eat this because I want to eat it. End of story. It's not going to kill me. It's okay. But also, how am I going to feel afterwards? Like, right. do I feel good after I eat this stuff? Like, I really try to shift it into how do you feel? Do you feel good when you sugar binge? You crash afterwards. You know, this crash that came from what you eat. Do you want to do that again? I don't care. She could be 500 pounds as long as she's eating healthy food and exercising. Yeah. Like, it's never going to be about the weight for me, but it's really about like, how do you feel right. with the choices that you're making? Well, yeah. thank God for some of our role models now, like Serena Williams, Beyonce. Know. You know what? I'm like, thank God. Thank God for CrossFit. Your wife is, is she still doing CrossFit? We're both, we actually both were in the CrossFit community. We're now doing Legree and oh, wow. Peloton. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I feel like with that, you know, strength and muscle definition, all of that stuff is being celebrated, which definitely wasn't the case when I was growing up. It was Kate Moss. It was grunge. It was heroin chic. And it was just right. starve yourself, you know? And yep. so I feel like where we've turned a corner, it's at least getting better, but to your point, this kind of brings us back to the book too and the insights there about not looking for external things to make you feel good and to bring the happiness to the forefront. Because the, the external is not within our control at all. Things will always happen that are outside of our control. And I think being having had a life that was very much out of control, I have been trained to okay, well, that's going on, but no one can really change how I feel except for me. And I don't want to feel bad right now. I want to feel good right now. What can I do right now to feel, if I can't feel good, at least better than what I feel right now. So right. that's just always the focus. Totally. The focus. Well, let's talk about some of the hardship you've overcome, because I feel like you're an incredible, you're a very credible source on this, right? As far as like overcoming adversity, you've survived cancer twice. Tell me about that experience. I would love to hear these kind of like insights and nuggets of wisdom that no doubt you gained from, you know, surviving two bouts of cancer. Um, were there some things that you feel like you can now look back on those experiences with gratitude? Um, I think I am incredibly lucky and I have to be careful with how I talk about my cancer story because not everyone's cancer story is a positive one. Right. A lot of people have lost loved ones. And so I don't want to in any way discredit the pain and the suffering and the hardship that cancer can bring into someone's life and to their loved one's lives. I have had a very different experience and it has been from the beginning, something that has opened my eyes and helped me in ways that I would not have allowed myself to be helped otherwise. An example being 
having been a very strong person, I didn't know how to accept help. Hmm. And I think I think women can really relate to that. We're just powerhouses and we go forward and we don't need anyone. And it's great. We can take care of everyone around us. But for anyone to take care of us, it's almost like, I don't even know what that looks like or right. how to do that, or that's not in my space. And I was put in a position where I had no choice. I had to accept help. I was, my second diagnosis, I, I had my own business and that no one wants to hire you as a wedding photographer if they're not sure if you're going to be alive by their wedding. So right. I had no choice God. but to let my community in and say, I need help. I don't know how I'm going to deal with this. And it was the most vulnerable and nauseating feeling I have ever had to to ask for help. And that should just kind of speak to how badly I needed this experience to teach me to let help in. Wow. So yeah, it had cancer for me has been the ultimate gift. And I think the reason why I got it twice was because I didn't learn the lesson fully the first go round. Oh my God. I mean, I kind of love that. Like I, I yeah. totally hear you and you know, about not everybody's journey is the same and we don't want to kind of like make blanket statements about cancer being a blessing. Totally get it. Totally agree. But I, I want to ask you this too, and hopefully you can receive it in the the way I'm intending for this communication to come. But do you feel like maybe the years of trauma and abuse somehow led to your body manifesting this? I mean, you say that you think you got it twice because you didn't learn the lesson, but do you believe in that mind-body connection and that maybe you know, enduring so many years of being in survival mode and stress could actually change the cells in your body to create cancer? I do actually very uh, much believe that to be so. I I have, um, I studied homeopathy, which is like a, an alternative modality mm -hmm. for healing for about six years. And so when I got my diagnosis, I wasn't in this realm of looking for mainstream ways to deal with it. I was very much hoping that I could deal with alternative ways. And so I did a ton of research. And there are m many schools of thought, one of which being quite scientific, wherein they are actually scanning the brain where they can find where the trauma was experienced in the brain, and it maps to where the cancer ends up in your body. It's fascinating. Wow. So there are lots of different things that I that I used in my own healing process. I did have surgery. I did not have chemotherapy or radiation. I chose mainly metabolic therapy, food, which had a huge impact. And um, But to go back to your point, I very much do think that if you are in an unhealthy environment, your body has to do its best to deal with that. And I was in it for 20 years and it was just crashing and burning. So wow, it needed, it, yeah, it needed help. And so cancer not only brought me to a point where I realized I needed help, but it kind of led me on this path of opening up to people and opening up to accept help. And then even opening up to 
have the most amazing partner who I yeah. now found in my life and she's wonderful. So it really has been a blessing for me. Everybody, I can vouch that Trish's wife is incredible. Um, <laughs> I've only met her a couple <laughs> times, but she makes a big impression. She's awesome. One of the warmest, most positive people I've ever met. So it's so fitting that you guys live in Maui and you're doing these wonderful creative things together. And I think that that's really important what you said. And this isn't like, you know, to like cancer blame, you know, or anything like that. But I think that, no. you know, whatever kind of situation you're in, whether it be a job that you freaking hate, like a, not all of my clients come to me with that, but they come because something just doesn't feel right. Like something's off. Something's not quite where they hoped it would be. They don't really feel like they're living their purpose. And even that, you know, it doesn't have to be like a 20 year abusive marriage. It could be just not really loving what you do all day, or maybe not really loving where you live or not really loving who you're friends with, or not really loving the relationship you have with your family. All of that, I think, could absolutely end in some sort of physical manifestation. And when we just are unable to change those external circumstances, it does get, I, I, it's my belief as well that it gets internalized. And whether right. it's through chronic pain or like literal dis-ease. Right, right. Completely agree. So I think that it's really great that you've kind of like had this hero's journey over and over again. But do you feel like now when you come in contact with somebody who may be suffering or somebody who you really feel like could really use some support, but they're not willing to accept it yet, do you feel called to get involved or do you just kind of let people go along on their journey? That's a really great question. I used to always try to force people to feel better mm. and you, you really can't. My stance now is my focus is on me. I know that the way that I can have the biggest impact on my kids or really anyone else is to really be the best version of myself that I can possibly be. And if I see someone struggling, I will absolutely reach out, shed light, hand them as many, you know, please, if you're ready, here I am. I'm, I would love to help you in any, any way that I can. But it's almost like, it's like handing someone balloons. I have this concept with my kids of cinder blocks and balloons and thoughts and feelings mm. and people. They're either going to weigh you down or they're going to lift you up. And you can keep handing balloons to someone, but if they're still choosing to tether themselves to cinder blocks, it's really just taking from your balloons. So I don't want to give balloons to anyone who is either going to let let them go mm -hmm. or still hold on to things that will keep them from moving anywhere. So I just kind of am in a place where I'm headed to my my best life and I would love for you to come with me, but I'm not going where you are because I've already been there. You've got to come where I am and then we can travel together. Trish, dropping knowledge on us. I love it. Now, I love that that whole visual. You guys, her book too. Check it out. Um, find your happy. You can learn more about Trish if you're getting married in Maui, which is a very popular destination. She is an acclaimed photographer there. Check her out at www.trishmichael.com. Um, thank you for spending your very precious time with us today, Trish, and sharing your insights. No doubt it's going to go a long way to help somebody find their happy. Oh, well, thank you so much. 